Fishing with Rangers Newsfeed.com. We're back, second podcast. Guys, I'm joined by Boat and Augie again. How are we? Good, man. Brilliant. Good, thanks, Keel. Excellent, excellent. Good to hear. Um, just quick catch up. What's been happening since we last met? <sighs> Not much. It feels like a good way. We've had the old firm game and the, the, interna- the opposite board and the international break. So, um, but. No, I'm just enjoying the football being proper football being back, boy. That's it. International breaks just they do my head in. They absolutely do my head in. For the simple fact that. Do you think it's because Scotland are rubbish? Um, I don't know. I think it's maybe the fact that Saturdays are kind of planned out in your head around football yeah. when you like us kind of guys. It's like, right, keep on, look out for the early kickoff. If you play in the afternoon after it, you want to see the scores come in, see if your coupon comes in. At night, if you're not going out, you've got match of the day. Right. Always out the window with international football. And even when I watched like Sky Sports, I think there was a choice of eight games. I can't even remember thinking, right, I'm going to sit down and watch that game because none of them interested me whatsoever. Uh, even, the, even the big games don't have, like, see when you see like, Spain playing Italy or whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't really uh, feel good. Tournaments it does, but not in the qualifiers, I wouldn't. No, I, I hate it as well when it comes like during the actual season, but if you think about it, you get two tournaments every four years in the summer where you've usually got nothing so it's a trade-off isn't it? Aye, I suppose. I think, I think there should be a new sort of structure where I don't know maybe the top ten ranked teams in the world don't play in a tournament and the rest sort of fight it in the league. I don't know. There should be a restructure anyway. I just don't think it's... Be good if Scotland were class though because like, I think I you'd be a bit like, excited to see them. And I think it is. It's a mixed thing. It's demoralising with Scotland and then it's... Uh, it is with a lack of Rangers players involved. Aye. You do lose, you do lose a wee bit of interest. I think you still hope they win, you still get behind them, but you can't get as as enthusiastic. I don't think. I totally agree. I, I think back to I don't know. It must have been like the mid eighties when we had some of the biggest players in Britain on our team, and the core of the Scotland and England squad was made up of Rangers players. And I don't know. Maybe we were a bit selfish and biased, but that's just, that's how I personally see it. Um, but nah, Augie, what have you been up to anyway? Not on a main holiday, watching the internationals, and that's about that. Yep. Tell, tell you what I've done, actually, it was really good. Done the Rangers tour for the first time in a wee while. It was my nephew's birthday, and we took him along. And it's kind of it, it's good to see, like, Ibrooks just, I don't know, every now and again to do that tour. I've done it for the Founders Trail, which I would highly recommend. Um, but this time it was for the tour alone. Um, up the marble staircase trophy room, the blue room, it just it never gets old and it was good to see my nephew enjoying it who's only eight, season ticket holder, football daft, um, but there's actually something quite funny, the gent that done the tour, I got talking to him, a hell of a nice guy, I don't know if any of the listeners will know him, I forget his name, um, but he's told me he's worked there for 51 years, right, so at the end of the tour, the wee man wanted to meet Broxy Bear, so we were hanging about and I said to the guy, like, how long have you been here, but you say 51 years, I said, you you must have seen a few things in your time. He says, oh, I've seen it all, son. I says, well, what's the funniest thing you've ever seen? He says, see that bike up in the trophy room? Obviously the famous bike that was donated for St Etienne, um, and it was one of the Tour de France stage winners, I think, that it was given as a, a gift. He says, I was here one day, and <laughs> at the reception, there Gaza goes past in the bike, <laughs> 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 got the Before he even started, I knew it was going to be right. Gaza. <laughs> killing myself laughing but now um, I also went down to London the NFL right but I went and visited Highbury not as an Emirates Highbury which was actually made by the same folk uh, not the same folk the same gents that Archibald Leach who made Ibrooks the comparison is 
unbelievable. The main the main entrance is still there, it's preserved and it's like marble. Is that listed as well? Oak listed building, I so it's built into flats now, but it's very good. But I digress. We will kick on guys. So go start things a wee bit differently. I'm gonna give the guys a trivia question. We'll go around the table each week and you guys can come up with one. So Rangers themed, okay. And we're gonna go with I want you to name eight players. Now I'm not saying before MD jumps in or tweets me or writes to us on Facebook. I want you to name eight players that have played for both Man United and Rangers. Oh jeez. Uh, I'm pathetic at these. Right, right. Give us one each right away. Kinchelskis. Kinchelskis. Gorum. Gorum. That's two right away. That's the only one I can okay. think of. Okay. Any off the top of your head? Thinking, there's a lot of 
great strikers that we could put in there. There's, there's obviously like a Loudrop, um, Gaza, who would make a massive difference. The midfielders that you could have Van Bronck or something like that. But I just kept think, going back to Newman and I just thought the difference he would make in that team. One, for his, his leadership, I think he would be, in the current day, he would be your type of guy. Keep looks after himself, really fit. A modern day winger, he's not, you know, he's not all fat, but he can defend, I think. Uh, sorry, fullback, not winger. Um, but the amount he did get forward back today, you could you, you could say that. But um, I think he would be exactly what we missed in that team. He's a real leader. And, and that's no slagging Lee Wallace or what we've got. I think uh, Declan John has done, done pretty well. Like, yeah, like, done I think if we had a full-back with that sort of balance to bring to the defence, yeah. and I find when we were getting hurt off teams, it is off a lot of teams, it is down the wing. Um, I think a player like that would just make a massive difference defensively going forward and just helping the, helping the squad. Yeah, um, so that was my thoughts on Absolutely. Arthur Newman is probably, when we look at Scottish football just now, and it's in some state, look at guys that praise Scott Brown like he's a fucking world beater and he's absolutely fish, to be yeah. honest. You look at guys like Arthur Newman, I can remember Rangers had signed him before the summer, before the World Cup had started, and actually sitting as a boy and the commentators saying, in the World Cup semi-final, Arthur Newman left back for Netherlands, his going after this tournament to play for Glasgow Rangers and when he came I think it was an Achilles injury, a calf injury mm. he was out for the first sort of best part of the first season and then when he came in, what a player mm. and it was like that. going back to that interview with Barry Ferguson he talked a lot about Arthur yeah, Newman and how Dick Advocate used to pair him up with Newman and Newman used to question everything Ferguson done and he, Ferguson basically puts Newman down as one of the biggest influences mm. in his career and don't know, he's, a, he's an absolute gent, I've met him a good few times, he was a hell of a nice guy, cause you can see him being one of these guys that brings the dressing room together. I think Aye. I think for me, this, this current squad, although I think there is signs of going in the right direction, is very fragile, you always get the, have sort of the feel of the start of the season where one game or one bust up away for an absolute meltdown, I think just having a guy like that so level-headed um, that you know can make that info time would make a massive difference, but... Unfortunately, so I just kind of... He could probably still... I know he could probably still... He still looks fit anytime time, you see him. But all I kind of thought about was maybe Richard Goff. I think when I, I started no, going yeah. to Rangers games and stuff, he was always, like, brilliant. I, th- I thought, anyway, I don't often see it to the defensive side of things. But uh, I, I think just a solid centre-half like him. No nonsense. Passionate leader again. I think there's a common theme there, isn't it, with right. some kind of leadership needed? Right. Yeah, definitely. I'm just looking up here, I'm trying to get clarification. I think it was back in one of Ed McLeish's first seasons, his second season. No, I could be wrong here. I think it was Walter Smith. We signed something like five or six captains in the summer. In the same summer that came to Rangers, and eventually that squad went on to get to the UEFA Cup final. And That's the kind of signs we need to be making. I know we've signed... Ryan Jack was captain at Aberdeen. We've got Lee Wallace who's our own captain. Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. We're not going to edit that out. He was listening to Bruno Mars before we turned up. <laughs> um, Bruno Alves is captain around the world. <laughs> so let's Come on, I'm swaggering the face of my big quad. <laughs> here we go. So here's the signings at that season. I'm looking at the squad. So we had signed, I think, Stephen Davis, right? Brahim Hamdani. I was going to say him. Who were captains? Uh, 
cut Broadfoot as captain at St Mary. <laughs> Why he's laughing? Because <laughs> he punched an egg in his face. No, but that is definitely the type of sentence we need to make. I don't know if it was meant that it was seen that right, we need to go and sign leaders and captains, but it's certainly what we need to do now. I think back to, um, once again, digressing a bit, not so much this squad, but I can remember watching Warburton's Rangers and thinking, we need a target man up front, a big guy up front that will just nod down crosses and stuff, because there's so many balls in the box and nothing ever came of it. Um, a Mark Hately, anybody would take a Mark Hately up front, a target man, good with the ball at his feet deceptively really quick and uh, it'd, it'd give defenders as good as he got good old fashioned, almost like Eric Cantona where people mourn about guys like Diego Costa nowadays because they do turn up for a right punch up with the centre backs and Hately was like that, he was as hard as nails and great pedigree, England, Captain England am I right in saying that and AC Milan, QPR, some, some good teams under his belt so aye definitely that's, that's who I would pick, this current squad I'd take Alberts. We'll go for Alberts, right? The simple fact that Alberts was never my favourite player. Lidrop and Ronald De Boer were always my favourite players, but I always think how much would George Alberts be worth in this day and age? A centre midfielder, he's big, German, left footed. He scored, what, double figures every single season? Probably. Yeah. How much would he be worth? And in, in that squad, in today's squad? The, the fact that a lot of games. Last season as well as this, Nelly Park were struggling sometimes to break down teams when they've sat in against particularly like Ibrooks. Not so much in away games, but even a player like that can have a shot to aye. outside the box can can do something like that. That's even cause the keeper to spill it or deflection of it. Like I mean, time, especially in the Warburton, like pass, 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 and you need a player to just be direct. But still, I think Kishina's sort of worked on that. I think we're a lot more direct now, but there is times when Ibrooks and people sit back. I think back to the Hearts game when he sat in, it seems as for a wee bit. Don't know what to do when teams sit in, we can't really break them down. So, having somebody that can just make something happen to the edge of the box or whatever. Oh, definitely. And you, I think you look back to the old Firm games under Walter Smith, Gaz's goal when he was on the break, yeah. diving header, the Alberts goal, the, was it, I can't remember which way around it was. I, it was the Scottish Cup at Parkhead the first week and then the league. He'd done it at Ibrooks. That was unbelievable. Where do you see that in the world? Right. Well, you do see it, obviously, but. Scottish football and Alberts was what three million we paid more for Penner, so we hope to see him running phase on. Yeah, that's class. Oh, he's starting yes. to bang him in. Yes, he's to come onto a game. I don't know how much Mexican football you've watched, but I've watched it. I've watched a few games. <laughs> <laughs> Got up nearly <laughs> some zero one <laughs> nachos in the microwave. Sitting there with four desperados. <laughs> We chat with Jordan, <laughs> you say Desperado. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's, it's a completely different game from what it is here, and they, they don't mind losing the ball in the final third. And you see a lot of chasing back, and maybe that's Penny's game because I, I was actually at a down Friday night and I seen the first half, and I had read everything on Twitter and social media and stuff like that from what we get through on the site. and. People were lauding him and saying, oh, what a performance from Penner, two great finishes, not taking that away from him, but when I watched him in the first half, the amount of times he was so... Passing's uh, a bit lax at times, I still think he's miles off the pace, and I think he's... I think that's probably a big part of it. He's second to every ball he's touch, but he does get himself in really good position. Right. He's finished with a cracker, the first one. A few goals, but it's been, it's been good finishes, um, but I, 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 I does, like, the, it gives you encouraging signing, signs, though, that he's... 
and get his fitness at Aye. home. I worry it's not, he's not fit by now. Like, what's, what's he been doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, he's gelling his hair, don't he? What's he been doing? They know what he's been doing. I know. The big man's been on campus. He's got one of the rubber passes we used to have that give you a lifetime of getting in for free. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's definitely one of the ones that turn up on a Thursday with a student card of fake one. Thought he was your stamper. <laughs> turn up to training the Friday morning covered stamps. Fucking water before it. <laughs> no, but I really do hope he comes on to a game. He's one of these lovable guys that... He's obviously talented, he's got some kind of ability, but he just, uh, like you said, it could just be a case of fitness. You see that with a lot of players, sharpness just makes a big difference. I don't know, but I, he seems to be loved. Herrera, on the other hand, I don't know. I can't see it in him, but Pena, definitely. He could double up as some sort of cartel movie stuff. <laughs> or a professional football player. We just don't know what one's going to turn up, but I, I definitely thought it was good the other night. But anyway, we'll move on. We'll crack on. Um, so, <coughs> mind if I go up next? That's no, cool. Right, so... Like I spoke about already, the Barry Ferguson interview with Cy Ferry, um, for him that's not seen it, it's, um, am I right in saying it's Open Goal it's called? Aye, I've never seen it. Aye, so they're excellent, they are really good, the interviews, albeit there's only been a f- few Rangers players, Chris Boyd, Thompson, Ferguson, Charlie Adams, one Charlie Adam, that's Aye. right, they're all really good, um, so I would definitely recommend them, but we spoke about the bus stop with Paul Le Guin and it got me thinking, right, the reason we sit and talk about, like we sat in the microphone here, a podcast, and the best part of the conversation about football is the mystery surrounding about what happens when we're not watching them, like what happens in training, what happens in the dressing room, what happens off the park with the players. And one of the big ones was Paul Gwen's reign at Rangers. Although it was very short, all right, and it's still surrounded by mystery, and Ferguson opened up a lot on it. Was it a case of Rangers weren't ready for Paul Gwen, or Paul Gwen wasn't ready for Rangers? So we'll go to you first, obviously. I don't know, I think, on paper, if you, I, I was excited when he was coming, I remember yeah. thinking, oh god, this guy's going to be good, he's won league in, was it three times in a row or something? Three in a row with Leon, yeah. Uh, with Leon, and I seem to do well in Europe with him and stuff like that, um, so I, I think he got to the quarterfinals or something with, with Leon, but I, I remember thinking this guy will be good, he seems like a good coach, he's, teams play well, I don't see why it won't work, and then all of a sudden, I mean, six, six months was it, how long was it? Roughly, it, it was round about, I didn't say it was round about New Year that Walter and Ali were brought in. It was just, just before, a short of Christmas, yeah. So, no, six months. Just, I, I don't think it's long enough for any manager, but in Rangers and Celtic, results are just, Aye. you've got to have them, otherwise, it's much more difficult, I think, at the, the top two teams in Scotland than it is in most places. I think that's why a lot of players struggle as well. Um, but, I, I don't know, the, the, the results weren't good enough, obviously. But again, for me, six months probably isn't long enough. But I think it's probably a case of he was a coach and he's maybe come into a job that's a lot bigger than he thought um, when he came to Rangers. Uh, maybe as a coach he was good, but mm-hmm. although actually managing a, a big, big club like that with the fan base and things, maybe struggled. Yeah. Can I elaborate a wee bit more on what I meant there? It's kind of... You're bang on what you said. Maybe he didn't... Maybe underestimated the size of the club. Um, but it was more his, more his, I don't know if the right word is his mantra or how he wanted to go about things was very different than what Scottish football was really used to and what it's seen before, that it might not have ever seen anything like that. But what's changed since then to now is that the modern game is 
it's different, people train different, it's a lot of conditioning training rather than running around a park 12 times long distance. Mm. It's very, you've got 24 hours, seven days a week fitness. <laughs> what, what I mean about that is they expect 24-7 athletes, as in they want you to eat perfectly right round the clock every day of the week. No McDonald's, no booze and that sort of thing. And I think that was the case with Le Guin. You see guys like Gabriola and big teams adapting to sports science nowadays. This is what Le Guin tried to bring in. And Maybe we weren't ready for it. What do you think? I, I think, I don't think you can say it was Rangers that weren't ready or Le Guin. I think it was just the overall timing. I think football, fit. as you're saying, football probably wasn't ready at the time. Scottish football, sorry, um, wasn't ready for Le Guin. He probably tried to change too much too quickly. Um, I'd heard as well that before he got the job, he never came over to Scotland because he seen that as a disrespectful Alan McLeish. And right. Rangers had said, look, we understand that. Um, but in hindsight, they should have made him come over because he could have got more accurate about what it was all about, what the fans were like, what the demands were like, rather than coming in with your blind. So I, I'd heard that was, that was the reason that he didn't want to, he felt it was disrespectful to Albert Cleish to come over early. Um, but I think he's come over a wee bit. He's probably watched tapes of games, but didn't really get Aye. the culture of the club. And so I think it is just all about timing. I think if he came in at the time Warburton came in, where Rangers fans were. Sick of the, you know, sick of knowing on where the club was going. We seen that a guy with a bit of vision and wanted to do this, and you know, he had a bit of time, or even just now, where you have got a wee bit of time. The uh, not great deals of time, but at that time it was all about win, 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 and it always should be at Rangers. Of course. I'm just saying, Aye. the way things have went at the club, he probably would have suited. Uh, I know he wouldn't have, wouldn't have come in when we were the, the, the third division, but if the timing was more like that, and we're in the lower yeah. leagues, we had time to build something up. Maybe could have been a success. Aye. He's tried to change too much too soon. Take on kind of character straight away, like Ferguson, like Rickson straight away. He got rid of Rickson as a popular guy in the dressing room. So I think I think any manager comes into the club, I think they need to. I think they need to a box clever. Yeah, yeah. I think they need to get the right players on side with them. I think that's and then, what I mean. and then edge it and over time. I think he's come in and just thought it's my way. I'll I'll always be backed. And he's took in Rickson, who's probably really popular at the time. And a few others, and the same with um, Barry Gow, who's around in with him, and I just don't think he's got the culture. So I, I overall, it's a tough one to answer, I think just overall the timing was wrong, and he probably underestimated the job. I think what he wanted to change, um, he needs more than six months, and mm -hmm. you don't get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. You look, just touching, I know we don't do a lot of stuff currently, but you look at the weekend there, um, away from Rangers, Man City winning 7-2. Pep Guardiola and now everybody's backs up saying wait a wee minute here he's, he's actually starting to get the wheels in motion mm -hmm. in Manchester City we're starting to see the way Pep's Bayern played the way Pep's Barca played and that's that's an example of a manager that's been given time and maybe that works in the favour of Cachinho that the fans are starting to say look this guy needs time now but like you were saying there about Le Guin that he came in and maybe underestimated it and he's changed things a lot is it more that a manager needs to come in and do it his way or is it more that a manager needs to come in and adapt to the team and I think we've seen that with Walter Smith after he came in things changed quickly Walter mm. Smith picked up more points than Celtic before the end of that season although Celtic had established a massive gap then um, had it gone by the time that Walter Smith came in at the end of the league they would have won the league but <coughs> excuse me in terms of Walter Smith being there, it was funny because I can remember when Daniel Kuzan left the club and he, he might have actually still been at the club. He'd done an interview with a, f a French newspaper 
and he was saying that the culture was different because after the games they had pizzas and cans uh, of beer and all that and addressing them. Whereas I just can't imagine that happening under Le Guin where you heard no. stuff like in training they weren't allowed to tackle and there was no physicality in it. <laughs> Again, did you, I think it was actually Cy Ferry one as well when he was interviewing Chris Boyd and Boyd's been sort of strict diet and more slowed away with um, Le Guin and um, was, he, was, he getting, was he playing a lot or was he getting pressed and um, Watersmith, he says Watersmith pulled him in and says I don't know what you've been, I don't know what you've been no eating something but get yourself, like, basically just Back on it, can't get us in this <laughs> training. Right? So, it just shows you the different styles. But Watersmith already had built that up, you know what I mean? He, he had that kind of respect and whatever. It was a bit old school. Experience um, as well, Scottish football. Aye. So, I think it's, it's, it's all about timing. Again, you, you touched on it about Kishinia and what, if that could help him, that that's what makes me feel at Rangers. Because I think one thing is a Rangers fan, you're sick of ripping up and starting them in the game. You're sick, sick of that. So, party has always been like, listen, We've invested in this guy, we can't afford to waste money, give him a chance. Um, I think that was part of it. So, um, even though he's got a, it's a split opinion about Kishina, I think a lot of fans saying, listen, give it, give it time, and they're a lot more patient than we were back, back in the day. I definitely, I think people would agree that there's a strong core there, but I think we're going off course at a wee slightly bit. But I want to go back to the thing with Le Guin about the whole captain thing, right? This squad lacks leaders, and maybe that's a foreign thing, right? Because I have. Read like people touching on it. The outside Britain, the captain's not really a big thing. Mm-hmm. Now I've watched teams like Barcelona, and they revolve around guys like Piquet before him, Puyol before him. There was leaders as well, Luis Enriquez, the rest of it, Xavi's at Barca. These big characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas under Le Guin, there was a bust up with Ferguson, where he lost the captaincy. Now Barry Ferguson, arguably the best British, uh, the be- maybe the best British player for the Rangers the past twenty years. He's easily been the best. Scottish yeah. midfielder mm-hmm. in Scotland in the past 20 years and all of a sudden he's pulled in by Yves Kalou who was Cassini <laughs> I'm having a nightmare <laughs> 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 he's pulled in by Yves Kalou to speak to Paul Le Guin and Le Guin's basically told him you played your last game for Rangers and there's no questions asked and that all came about from once again going back to this interview with Ferguson <laughs> Le Guin basically I think they were up at Inverness Cali, Rangers had got beat and he sat down and told the dressing room for like the third or fourth time, look, it's okay, we're going to progress, we'll do better next week. And I think Ferguson had bit his tongue enough and basically said, this isn't good enough, this is Rangers, we're here to win, draws are not good enough, we should be bulldozing teams like this. And he was right, but Le Guin took objection to it, pulled him into the office and he was done. <laughs> Incredible. So that's a hard one, isn't it? Obviously yeah. as a Rangers fan, you're You've got Ferguson's back, but I still think the manager needs to. They need to assert their authority, don't they? As it's player power. It's, it's, uh, it's a difficult one, especially somebody so big at the club. But like going into Barcelona and saying to Messi, "Nah, you're away, mate, because you don't like me or whatever." Stiffs himself as well for getting the captain, Gavin Ray. I know. <laughs> no respect, but he played about ten minutes. Same <laughs> shit. <laughs> Imagine that Ferguson going out of the office and the uh, Roxy Bell going in after him <laughs> comes back up with the captain's <laughs> armband on. I'm here for the job, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also, uh, uh, I don't know, the Ferguson interview as well was quite damning. Ferguson's worked with lots of great managers, Mark Hughes, Graham Souness, Alex McLeish, Walter Smith, real successful guys. And he said that Le Guin's training was different from anything he had ever done. And I don't know, maybe, maybe Scottish football wasn't ready for it. Maybe the whole sports science and philosophy thing 
I think you're right, sure, yeah. but you were right, um, it was just a, a case that it wasn't a good fit, I think, yeah. just didn't, some players can't adapt to certain styles and I think that, that's just what's happened, like we just wasn't a good fit for Scottish football at the time. You could read between the lines as well and before I'm going to say this right, in fact no, I will say, was it maybe that David Murray realised after he'd signed him, like you said, like we know that's true that like when was given the opportunity to come and see what Rangers was about for a few games while McLeish was still there and he didn't. Do you think it was at that point that David Murray said, I've made the wrong decision here because the funds, there was no funds. Like, like when hardly spent anything, right? I've got a lot of rubbish players as well. I've 10 points each if you can name his first two signings. <laughs> come on. Um, no. Benson? No. Oh, they, they both, they both played with Rons. Don't even know who that is, man. Oh, Lawrence, did you say? Rons. Rons. Can't think. Mm. I, I, no, no nah. idea. So we'll go with Antoine Ponroy and William <laughs> Stanger. <laughs> that was his first two signings, right? Of all the famous. We then had Dean Furnham. Oh, I remember him actually. Yeah, South African international. Um, Carol Svensson. Mm-hmm. Right. Is he no half decent? Is he a no, young over the years yeah, there was a few names that popped into my head of players that came and put on a superb performance against us I was just wondering what you guys thought was the best uh, player performance from an opposition player at Ibrox that you've seen that's caused riots when they've came to, came to Ibrox there's been a few um, I'm going to go first here because I know Charles get the same answer as me and Johnny's already next one so and I, I don't say next before to keep you in check before the show we've stopped giving each other the answers to try and make it a bit more off the cuff 
So I'm going to go one Roman Raquelme. When Villarreal visited in 06, he was, without a doubt, one of the best central midfielders that I've seen. A wand of a right foot. And watching him round, in Britain, we see a lot of sideways passing, not a lot of times because the ball goes forward. And teams, especially when you watch World Cups and Euros against the bigger teams, against British teams, they know just to sit in and hold their position. Um, whereas Raquel, me, it can break a defence with his pass and spreading the ball from left to right, it was like milliseconds. He was shifting the ball like nobody's business. Unbelievable. Pure technique and, in it. Oh man, it was just. It was just unbelievable. He was an absolute joy to watch, and he, he did have a great career. Very out, great signing policy, signing uh, like South Americans. He had a good habit of signing South Americans, and once again, he didn't sign any world beaters. He brought guys in, developed them, and they were very successful in Europe. Mm. If I'm right, so. Good no, show, good show. I, I had to stick with the, the, the same one. Not for all, kind of stand out, but he, especially at times when you were that age, didn't really appreciate sort of proper players. Did you? It was all about goals. Uh, he scored goals that were good. The way he was pinging the ball and just controlled the game, and he never, it looked as if he never broke a sweat, to be honest. And yeah. he, I, I couldn't name my midfield at that time, but Barry Ferguson was certainly in there with some good players, and he just bossed it. He I can't get it. Like absolute yeah. amateurs, and they couldn't, they couldn't touch him. And I just remember him spreading the play out, and he looked brilliant. And yeah. um, I think, but oh, other ones that have kind of stood out. That was the one that always, always went with me, Benzema was just banged in a couple. We've got yeah. that here then, let's see. Have we mentioned, did we mention that last week? I, I can't think, remember. I think but we did mention that uh, last week. Benzema definitely, that's the one that jumps out at me. Yeah, Graham Sharp mentions that on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, Mario Kempes for Valencia. That I was outstanding, world class player. Oggy, who have you got? Uh, Benzema's the one that jumps out, but I remember I actually just for everybody listening, I despise Man United, right? And I remember going to the Man United game uh, at Ibrox and Paul Scholes and Wayne Rooney were both class. I thought that that's the first I'd ever really watched them closely and uh, I was thought they were both really good. I think it was a 1-0. I, I, I think it was Rooney scored. I think it was. Am I right in saying that? Are you talking about later on? Aye, I think Rooney. Rooney scored. He took like three steps to the side and sort of ran up quite a few technique, but he was good. But that same game that Phil Neville scored, I think when you go to games quite a lot, you appreciate it when you're close to the pitch. And I always remember like Ryan Giggs watching him as a boy growing up, and just you'd never see him have a bad game. One of the players, see seeing him up close, I've never seen a player that quick in my life. He was absolutely lightning, and he had vision, he had a brain, and a really intelligent player. And it was amazing to see such a little class player up close. And that's why he took his bra so long to catch me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Sorry, Ryan, if you're listening. Catch him running and jumping the fences at the back garden. He's never catching me. <laughs> Grand National. Uh, I think it's, it's important as well to say that the amount of top players that came high books have not been able to. Aye. I think he's got to be the only player that's ever took his top off in a friendly oh, I mean, celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> I think I took mine off. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it doesn't, yeah, it 
doesn't count. I know it doesn't count for much in a friendly, but that that kind of stood out there that day. Like they brought up a really strong team, and that was a sign of things to come for that season. That the, the players we had ah. compete in that those those sort of teams. What was it? One on one on that note that I remember. <laughs> I think we've got us in Barry Ferguson pod. Fergie's first night as captain against Galatasaray, up against Hadji, and he was outstanding. He was out of this Hadji's world. Class as well. Yeah, he was out of this world. Um, Just touching on a friendly before we skip on. Kaka was brilliant. Oh, he was man. only on for about 15 oh, minutes or something. Man. That night they had Kaka, Ronaldinho, David Beckham, Nesta at the back, <laughs> right? Seen that? Aye. Ambrosini, Inzaghi. Teams 
Pantoria, Astoria Bucharest, Newcastle, Man United. We need one of them, man. That was outstanding. Um, let's see if I've got any more. Everybody's Raquelme, Marco Kempes, Benzema, we've covered these ones. Um, Ronaldinho played, didn't he? Ibrox, PSG, and Barcelona. Nice. Who is he? Classic. Excuse me. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Right, I'll tell you what, right, before we go back to the trivia, right, see if you can name the PSG squad that played against Rangers PSG. when we put them out. Buff. PSG. Right. right, give me every second. Because I know there's a. Ronaldinho. Oh, that's <laughs> the way he played at Man Yugis. Gabriel Hengsa, he was playing with Rexon sent off. He was the running with Rexon. Right, so we'll get Hengsa. Right, famous manager. Right, they're a very famous manager in this team. In the team? Yep. Blanc. Uh, Blanc's not in the team, no. Is he really? No. Is he a famous shirt? As a manager? Yep. Playing with PSG. I'm going to Ferguson. His team are sitting... Conte, Guardiola. Four. I can't believe he's haven't got this yet. Watford, the Watford game? Are they four for now? No, no, no. He's Argentinian. Pochettino. Pochettino played in that game. Um, Please tell me this isn't... Talal El Kakuri, please don't tell me this is the guy who played for safety. No, that was... What did you say his name was? It's not. PSG, Sunderland. On loan, PSG to Charlton, Charlton to Qatar. Nah, I've not heard of So they also had Anelka, they had Ronaldinho, they had, they had Mikel Arteta, they had Bernard Mendy, they also had JJ Okocha. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Do you want the Rangers team? We had Lorenzo Amoruso, Craig Moore, Barry Ferguson, Stefan Kloss, Arthur Newman. Right, I'm going to leave this one for last. Bruno Mars? Tori Andre Flo, Bert Conterman, Morris Ross, Roman De Boer, and Peter Lovenkrantz, right? There's just one more, right? It's a good team, I know. I do not know for the life of me why I've never heard of this guy. I remembered him. Tiro Pentela. From Finland, was he not? Must be, aye. Tiro Pentela. Aye. I remember the name, I couldn't tell you. He was on the bench that day. Claudio Kinija, Michael Moles, Billy Dodds. He killed for three strikers like that. Billy right Dodds. Um, right, back to the trivia question actually, before we kind of cap things off. I might have, do loan players count? Loan, loan players count. Right, so, so far, so far. What have we got? Kinchelskis. Andy Gora, that's three. I'm going to go with Lee Martin. Lee Martin's loan. Phil Bardsley keep him on Aye. as well and I'm going to go with Bojan Jordic oh, six uh, so how many have got eight to go two, two more two to go oh, wonderful wonderful there's an obvious one in there as well I don't know if I remember <laughs> come on what kind of year are we is I feel as if there was another Bardsley type one Was it there's two, there's two. No, this guy had signed, right? There's a theme with the two actually. I could give you a clue. Aye, I'll not get it. Go right, they're both from the same country. Which isn't Scotland or England. 
Wheels? Not wheels. Um, come on. I think, did we sign them when they were washed up? Or did, did we get them away? Um, both players had a decent career. One of them had an outstanding international career. The one had a very famous moment with Pedro Mendes. Oh, Roy Carroll. Well done. Oh, We've, got seven We've got one to go. Did everybody get them? Uh, we've not actually put it on social media, but oh, this this guy made one appearance as a youth for Man United. Oh come on, come on! You know you've got to know great international career in Northern Ireland. Davison. No, not Davis, not Davis. Ireland. Healy, Healy, oh. David Healy. <laughs> There's your eight right there. Well done, Chuck. That was good. So well done. Anyway, quickly, Motherwell last weekend semi-final. What do we think? I think it's got better, Mike. In honest, I think there'll be a, there'll be plenty of goals in it. I think I could see it being a very open game on Hamden. Um, I think the Gruel Edge will have enough quality to go through. Um, but I think Motherwell we shouldn't underestimate. I think we've done, I think we've done a good, a good start this season. We should have the quality in the team. But I could see it being an exciting one. I could see it being a end to end. Nah, they've picked up some new sponsors, Motherwell. So I think they'll be, they'll be doing quite well. <laughs> takes, I think we should sponsor them just for a laugh. How funny would that be? Um, no, I, I think 3-1 Rangers, that's what I'll go for. 3-1 Rangers, Adam. Pen your hat, right? Thank you, Marv, after an hour. How good would that be? Just tequila, coming out spraying tequila on the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think if we shut out Malt, keep, is it Cadden? The boy's name is Cadden. Cadden. Keep him quiet. Then we're, out, we're in with a shout there, definitely. But hopefully another final. We want to see Kishin in a final. We want to beat Celtic, but they're not there yet either, so... Aye, definitely so looking forward to it this weekend but thanks for joining us guys as ever visit us rangersnewsfeed.com we're on social media at rangersnewsfeed on twitter um, rangersnewsfeed on facebook and also our shop rangersnewsfeed.shop but guys thanks for joining me again and goodbye thank you for listening